Welcome to Two Lip Mamas, a kid lip podcast for parents, teachers, and writers, and anyone who loves children's books. I'm Heather Kaufman Peters. I'm the mother of one adult son, a preschool teacher, and a writer. And I'm Marky Osamet. I'm the mom of two boys, rabid soccer mom. I'm going to add that to my list too. Rabid soccer mom, uh, teacher, former homeschooler, and writer. Welcome to episode 78, part one of the Two Lip Mamas 2023 holiday extravaganza, gonza, gonza. The episode in which we share our gift picks from preschool to middle grade. I love. I always love this one. I really can't believe like another year has gone by already. This it's has been a year weird. from hell, so it can go anytime. <laughs> this is going to really rough year on my end. I feel like I keep thinking next year is our year. <laughs> I've been saying know. that since somewhere around 32, 33 maybe. <laughs> We did read some pretty good books. You want to do like a highlight reel of some of our favorites? What do you think? Some of the standouts? We had a very mixed bag this year, didn't we? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it was a weird year. Yours were better than mine. I'm like, I have now like definitely have dipped my toes into Karenism when it comes to books because (laughs) I really was salty on quite a few. But when I went back and looked, I'm like, oh, there actually were really good ones that I really, really enjoyed. So let's hit those again for our dear, our dear listeners in case they want to do some holiday shopping. So I know for me, Area 51 Files, loved that book. It's like a lower middle grade, easy read, so funny, but it's basically the book that turned me on to the value of fart jokes. It's about time. It's about time you came to this side, <laughs> the fart side, if you will. So yeah, that was the, that was a first for me, Area 51 Files. And then there's uh, Gnome is Where Your Heart Is by Casey Lyle. I Okay, this book probably didn't make anybody's list, but I loved it. It's such a sweet book about alien garden gnomes. I mean, come on. Sometimes you just need to have fun. And that is a fun book for me. I loved it. And then... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. The first two books are comedies. I know, right? What has happened to you? Where's your historical fiction? Where's your sort of like fairies and... Oh, I guess gnomes. But where's your like swords and fantasy madness? I'm impressed with you. I have have had an effect on you. Seriously. I mean, I started realizing my three very favorite books from last year. Well, actually all four. Because I've got a rover story, which, oh my gosh, from the point of view of a Mars rover fantastic that was book. Cute. That was really cute. I mean, there, it's like a whole sci-fi thing going on with me. I know. I always say I'm a historical fiction can. girl, but really, not. I'm a sci-fi nerd. I can't You're help it. You're a big it. nerd. I am. And I, I just, I, I need to embrace it. I'm realizing it. After this year in review, I need to embrace the whole sci-fi nerdism. But anyway, and then also, of course, Who Could Resist Falling Out of Time by Margaret Peterson Haddix. She's at the top of our Franzia list, of course. And, you know, a perfect bookend. Do you think our restraining orders expired? (laughs) Can we start stalking her again? You think it's time? It's okay. Hey, Mark. Hey. (laughs) Hey, Margaret. It's me, Margaret. How are you, girl? I brought wine in a box. Who doesn't love wine in a box? I mean, come on. But yeah, that's like the perfect bookend with running out of time. So those books were how many years apart? 30 years apart? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it was 93 to 23. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, anyway, so you have the book in there of running out of time, falling out of time, which would make a great uh, gift oh, set. Oh, combo pack. Yes. Yeah, great gift set. And then also another thing that happened this year that was kind of exciting for me is my friend's book launch of Purple Carrot, her board book um, by Rebecca Mullen and her niece who did the art. The preschool kids at my school loved that book because they, you know, were kind of like, 
not bougie, but you know, a little bit, you know, hipsterish. And so they all have purple carrots in their lunches, you of know, at different do. times. They've all had them. And so that was like a huge thing. Like we read that book. And then at lunch that day, they were all like, I have purple carrots. And they were super excited about oh, it. Oh my God. You you literally like are at the whole food school because uh where my kids go to school, we're having school lunch. In the state of Massachusetts, they just give you lunch and there's no purple carrots. And and the carrots that Massachusetts gives you are soggy and gross. Now, Rebecca had another one out, though, too, right? So the Purple Carrot was the second book in her board book series. The first one was One Tomato. And that was a hit at the preschool, too. So you get One so Tomato again, Purple combo Carrot. Pack. Yeah, combo pack of board books. If you've got a little sweet baby in your life, that would be a great gift. I love to be able to get, like, more than one. I never can just yes. gift one book at a time, even if it's the same author, it's the same concept or something. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just a book buyer, but I, I really, I like to give. No, I, I think like that's to fun options. to have a little set. Oh my gosh. I just sent my niece who's away from home for the first time as an adult. And I sent her like a whole little book box. I made it my own book box. I sent her a couple of books Good. and then I had like, you know, cute little book themed gifts like socks and a little bookmark. And it was so much fun. I loved it. She loved it. I had little surprises in the books too. So when she's reading them, she can find them. Them along the way. So fun. I wish she would have been my auntie. <laughs> I would love that. You could send me books like that with little with little treats inside. <laughs> I'm working up a fun a little gift box for your family this year. It's going to involve 12 gifts for 12 days of Christmas. Oh my God. Anyway, so I read some and even though I cared hard on a lot of them, there were a lot that I really, really liked. So if you are still looking for a good ideas... One of the ones that I would really recommend was Holler of the Fireflies by David Barclay Moore. It was such a great book. It was about the the kid who gets sent to the special uh, STEM camp from Brooklyn. He's, you know, like the, the disadvantaged kid from the city gets sent to this STEM camp. Then he finds out that it's actually being run by these people that are stripping the mountains. And he learns all about like what's happening with the coal production and the water pollution. And there's also sort of a little bit of a love story in there or possible love story as well. And it's just great. There's a lot of great Black history in there as well. Such a great book. And I would say, uh, David Barkley Moore, I would like to put you on the front. I know. I know. I loved it, girl. It was great. So I really want to recommend Holler of the Fireflies by David Barkley Moore. I also want to recommend Pie in the Sky by Remy Lai. Oh, what a cute name. Aww. It was one of those hybrid ones that was a little bit graphic novel and a regular one. I love those. It was such a great book. And the reason that I think that that one resonated so much with me is it, somebody who has been an immigrant, who lives with an immigrant, and has definitely, I, I mean, I teach ESL, so <laughs> I think it only stands to reason. But it was that great, great book about a family moving from Indonesia to Australia and then um how oh, everybody yes. sort of picks up English at their after the death of the father. You know, like how the main character really struggled with uh learning English, but his little brother was really good at it. And it was just such a sweet book. It was such a good heartwarming book. If you have anybody in your world that is connected to the ESL education system or it has been an immigrant or will be an immigrant, it's such a good book. So that's Pie in the Sky by Remy Lai. Dustin Grimm. That was another one that I really, really, really loved. It's so so funny because I just recommended that to one of my private tutoring kids uh, yesterday because I was like, oh, this is such a good book. That was by Chuck Wendig. And that was her mother had died and she took over. She got part of the the funeral. Business, oh, the, yes. but the funeral business for monsters. That was a great book. It was such a fantasy ride, but not like 
too hard to kind of wrap your head around. Sometimes when you travel to other worlds and you're going through different dimensions and stuff as a, as a reader, as a young reader, it gets confusing. That one was super clear. And that was a really great book, Dustin Grimm. And I believe there's another one coming out. Mm, exciting. If you're looking for something though, that I think you could kind of give to like a group of kids, like, you know, you're giving it to a family or something or a teacher for sure. The super puzzle tastic mysteries. It was edited by Chris Gravenstein and it's kind of a choose your own adventure type of setup where you read the mystery and then you have to solve the mystery and then the answers are in the back. It's a really, really fun book, kind of perfectly bite-sized if you're going to read it right before lunch in, in a classroom. You know, you kind of had that read aloud time or you have a little bit of bedtime reading or something. It was really fun. I, I liked that one a lot. I bought that one actually to gift some family this year. It's I don't great. know who, it's but... It's really great. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a good one. Yeah. And last but not least, mm-hmm. um, Sinister Summer Series by Kirsten White. That's where I started this year. Oh, that's the Wretched Water Park one. Okay. That's right. the Wretched okay. Water Park. Okay. Yeah. The Sinister Summer Series are the two kids that are sort of like dropped off with their aunt and they're trying to, or three kids, excuse me, that are dropped off with their aunt and they're on this sort of great mystery to fi- find their parents. Their aunt's this sort of uh, crazy, hippie, woo-woo, witchy lady, and I loved it. (laughs) Anyway, so there's five of them now. So I read the first one, which was Wretched Water Park. And then Vampiric Vacation came out not long after that. And that was, um, I think they go to Transylvania. Yeah, they go to Transylvania in that one. Camp Greedy came out after that. And and it's kind of Scooby-Doo-esque. I love camp stories. It's really fun. They all kind of have that Scooby-Doo vibe, too, which I think is, I love that. Um, this fourth one is the one that's just recently come out and that's menacing manor. And then number five, the haunted holiday mm. is that's the one that's out too. And it, that one, I think it just came out or if it didn't just come out, it is coming out. So ghost stories at holidays are the best. I love ghost stories. I mean, these are so fun too. They're just, they're so full of adventure. I think that part of my choosing for this year. I don't know about you, but like, it's a heavy world. Yes. And I don't want a heavy book. That's how I I feel. I don't want my kid to read a heavy book. I want fun. Mm -hmm. I want something. And that's look at like the ones we picked. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, With the exception of a couple, we just, I just want to, I want escapism. Mm -hmm. And I, I know from my little one, he wants the same thing because I see the books that he's choosing right now and he's definitely looking for escapism as well. So I agree. Take note of that, authors. We got way too much heavy stuff coming out the pike. This world's too hard for heavy stuff right now. Do you remember back in the 70s and 80s when books were just sort of like foofy? Oh, yeah. It's like once in a while. I mean, yeah, you had like the the ones where someone died or something like that. But for the most part, there was just a lot of escapism. We need that again. We need that again because we're kind of back in that world. So anyway, so let's give him more, don't you think? Let's get started and share our sassy opinions because nobody does it better. That's right. We're the best. (laughs) Let's get started. All right, listeners, grab a pen or open an app. Margie and I are about to lay down some book rec holiday magic on you. I feel like I should, I feel like I should beatbox behind that. <laughs> um, Margie, okay, you wanted to talk a little bit about some series before we get started on our actual list. So do you want to start? Talking? I know I kind of jumped the gun and talked about the, uh, I just talked about a series. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, we talked about this before. We are big fans of series. Yes. 
The great thing about giving a series or starting a kid is a ser- in a series is if it's going to go for a while, you got an automatic gift every year. Super easy. My son got a Diary of a Wimpy Kid book every year for Christmas. And that's still going. Strong. I know. <laughs> Actually, I'm still tempted to buy them just to have the whole set. <laughs> you should. You definitely should. Yeah. So I think it's always kind of cool to have that option. Like, oh, here yeah. came another one. Oh, here's another one. Here's another one. But if you are going to pick a series now to start with, I think you and I both agree hands down. It should be the City Spy series by James Ponty. Don't you 100%. Love those books so much. They're so fun. We fangirl James Ponty like nobody's business. We did the first one like two years ago or something like that. It came out in, uh, I think it came out in 2020 or 2021. And it's either the first or second year we even started the pod, right? Yeah. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. And it's about a bunch of kids. Yeah, it hit both of our styles. Like Your interest levels. Yeah, yeah. But it was crazy because... Yeah, I mean, kids traveling all over the world, first of all, one of my favorite kind of setups. I love it. And we started in Paris, which yes. is your first favorite of all places in, on Earth. Yes. And then techie spy kids. I mean, how fun is that? And there's humor in them. I mean, it's got everything. Oh, there's so much adventure. Like, they, it moves so fast. James Ponty started off writing television. And I think that's why these books are so good. You feel like you're reading a television show. The first one is just called City Spies. The second one takes place in San Francisco, and it is the Golden Gate City Spies book two. The third one is Forbidden City. Um, and the fourth one is City of the Dead, which you should read this one. That's the one that just came out. It's, mm. It just came out in September. This one's in uh, Egypt. Ooh, that's one of my very favorite places in the world, right? too. Yes. And then uh, the fifth one, I think it's not coming out until next year, but I'm, I, I don't, don't quote me on that one. It, it takes place in Manhattan. And um, that's a really fun one as well. So I love these books. If you've got, they're a little big. I will, I will preface that they're, they're a thick book. They're not a, a, a really quick read, but if you got a good reader and you got a kid that's looking for adventure and that one thing I love so much about them is that there are boy characters and girl characters yeah, it's and pretty it's balanced. perfectly balanced. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just fantastic. So if you are looking for a series for your little nuggets of love, definitely check out City Spies. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. You had a series, right? You wanted to talk about? Oh, well, I was just going to say for fans of B.B. Alston, he has a new Amari book out this year. The second book, it's called Amari and the Great Game. Uh, The first book was called Amari and the Knight Brothers. Second book is out. That's a nice little set for a holiday gift. And they're so hot. Oh, they're fun. These are all over the place. Kids love these books. Yeah, they're super popular. And I I saw that uh, he has a third one scheduled to come out in June of next year. There you go. There's next Christmas for you. We always kind of keep an eye on our favorite authors and see if they're adding to their series. So we just wanted to share those. Yeah. One other series that I want to just throw out there is... Again, because it's about the deaf community, for one. And it also takes place in my neck of the woods. But there is the the Show Me the Sign series. Show Me the Sign was the first one by Anne Claire Lazat. That one is it takes place on Martha's Vineyard. And it's about a, it's the 18, 1900s. I think it's er, turn of the century, like late 1800s, somewhere around there. And it really gives you a great historical perspective on the way that deaf people have struggled and have been treated over, over the centuries, unfortunately. Set in Boston as well. Um, super great read. My kid, actually, that was their, that was their summer reading book for fifth grade this year. That's fun. Um, I also think it was really cute because they had 
two deaf kids coming into their school Aww. this year and my, my son being one of them and so that's they chose uh, that book as one that of was really reason. sweet that to kind great. of prepare the kids for what it means yeah to be i think deaf. it's a great one yeah. so that's a great one that's that's the first one the second one is called set me free i have not yet read that one and that one came out not long after that but now she's got a third one that just came out called sail me away home and i have already ordered it because this one it's the story of mary lambert and we're watching mary grow up through these books right mm-hmm. And so Mary has grown up on the vineyard and she's now a teacher. Ah. She has the opportunity. Yes, she's a teacher of the deaf. She has the opportunity to travel to Paris to meet with Jan Massou and Laurent Clerc, who were very well known for um, their teaching styles and their methodology of teaching deaf kids. She wants to bring these methods back to America and she has this opportunity to travel with these missionaries. However, the trip does come at a cost because she soon sees that the missionaries are trying to save the deaf children, quote, end quote, save. And their work also threatens the Wampanoag people and other Native people. Wampanoag tribes are Native to Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, and they're, uh, it was a very, they played a large role in the first couple of books as well, because one of her best friends is a Wampanoag. So that plays into wait, it as wait, well. Wait, wait, so wait. Hang on. One. Hang on. Hang on. Just so I'm clear, you are recommending historical fiction. <laughs> And I, I have did not have I any. Know. I know, right? Is that is that insane? That's These how good are they so are. Good. <laughs> These books are so good. Yeah, they are so good. They're a heart grabber. Um, and again, uh, they are a little closer to my heart because of my deaf kid. But um, they're so good. Yeah, I think it's interesting because there's a lot of kids that are really fascinated with deaf culture. For some reason, it's one culture that really interests. A lot of kids. They yeah, my son sign. learned how to sign. He was really yeah. into it. And then he he used to volunteer at the food pantry here um, in town. And uh, there was a deaf man that worked at the food pantry. And yeah. he was fascinated with the fact that they could sit across the room from each other and talk. Yeah. And so he would be at his station and the elderly deaf man would be at his station. And then they would sit there and sign to each other. Is that not the sweetest thing? It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I know. I thought yeah. that was amazing. And yeah, my son was so into that. Yeah, you're right. It, and I remember that. I remember in middle school wanting to learn sign language. Well, that's just it. Yeah. My son is in middle school right now. And he's like, mom, all these kids ask me if I sign. And I'm like, well, I used to, but I don't sign now. And he's like, everybody wants me to teach them signs. Yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. I mean, yeah. didn't you ever sign? Do you sign language to talk in class? Did you ever do that when you were a kid? No, but you know what? I've always used it on the soccer field. Like oh. I'll, I'll always sign out to him. Are you okay? Like what he got if he got hit, especially when he was a goalkeeper. Like if he got took a hard hit or he took a a fall, I'll always ask him. I'll always sign out and ask him, "Are you okay? Um, is it better? Do you feel you know like certain?" And he always would sign back. So that's in awesome. the goalie gloves, which was terrible. But yeah, he'd try to sign back. <laughs> he'd just be like, thumbs on. up, mom. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. So it does come in handy. It does come in handy. Oh, see, that's really cool. Okay. So now on to our list, right? Did you check yours twice? <laughs> I didn't. I never checked my list twice. Actually, I checked my list like 500 times. My. I have a problem with list making. I have to make a list every morning. Me too. Even if I did it before I started the list, I'll write that thing down so I can cross it off. Me too. It all is the so time. psychotic. I know. And then I just saw something on Instagram the other day about Gen X woman goes to grocery store with paper list. And I was like, oh, no, you did not. Don't you dare mock my people. Yeah, we have a list. And that's how you have survived, young people, because your mother's 
And your aunties have had that list all these years to make sure they don't forget anything. So yes, we have a list. Yes, we check it twice. And yes, we write it on paper. Okay. That's right. And I will continue to do so till I die. Because digitally, you cannot cross it off. There's something the most satisfying about crossing something off of your list. Oh my gosh. Especially something that's been on your list for like weeks. And you're like, dang, I got to get that done. And And it's a small thing, but you keep putting it on the list every day. You just rewrite it onto the list because you really just don't want to do it. (laughs) Exactly. Sometimes I'll even write it in a different color to be like, okay, girl, it's time. And I still don't do it. I just write it on the next list. I don't want to do it. And now I have my work list and then my oh, yeah. life list. So here's the things that I need to achieve for my life, my family, basically. None of them are my things almost always, but <laughs> like call the vet about the dog pooping all over my house. Don't forget to call and get your kid's medicine versus like the work list, which is, I don't know, it's not as daunting because it's just work. Like no one's life hangs in the balance. <laughs> yes. I, it has to happen. Yes. And I can do it at any time of day. So I guess that's why it's not so painful, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you're making a list, my fellow Gen X listeners, please write these on your list. There you go. Right? <laughs> right. Here we go. The first one that I picked, because I am choosing to go first here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You go for it. <laughs> the first one that I picked was um, if you have a kid that's sort of into environmentalism or if just like action, sort of action packed books. You have to see the, you have to have them read Carl Heisen. He is the best. Also, if you really like a good sort of raunchy adult book, not too raunchy, but like there might be a little booze and sex and, you know, shoot him up here and there. You have to read Carl Heisen because they're also really funny. I think I've read almost every Carl Heisen book as an adult, uh, his adult Do books. you think his grown up books are, do they have a similar style to his kids' books? Exactly the same. Okay. Without the booze and the sex right. and the shoot 'em up. Right. They're exactly the same. That's fine. They have the same flow. They have the same sort of wit. They have the same. Even his grown-up books are very environmentally conscious mm-hmm. because he's from Florida and he lives in Florida and he's very really conscious of of the things that have occurred um, or and uh, that have made things worse, mm-hmm. especially like overbuilding um, and, and development, that kind of stuff. And that's a lot of what he, uh, water pollution. And that's a lot of what he writes about. So his new one, I was so excited. I This one, my kids are getting this one for Christmas too, because I, I want to read it. <laughs> I've read all of his kids' books and I got to tell you, you don't feel like they're kid books. They just feel like a really oh, yeah. good without the booze and the sex. This one is called Wrecker. So all of Carl Heisen's books, I, you know, I've said a million times, I think I've recommended them for everything, everywhere around the list. They all have one word titles like Hoot, Scat, um, Chomp. Chomp is my all-time favorite. Valdez Jones the eighth is the great, 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 great grandson of a man who salvaged shipwrecks for a living in Florida way back in the day. So he decided that then that should give him the nickname. Valdez himself decided to go by the give himself the nickname Wrecker. Fortunately or unfortunately, as it might turn out, it seems right on brand because Wrecker then one day comes across a speedboat that ran aground on a sand flat. He offers to help, and the men on the ship say they do not want him to call for help. In fact, forget you ever saw us. Let's pretend this never happened. Oh, this is reminding me of that book Treasure Tracks by Rodriguez. Remember one? There was oh, one summer yeah. with the podcast where we had all these books set in Florida, and th- that was similar where they were. Um, he comes across some people searching for treasure. Well, there was also one that we read, like Shark tale or shark story or something like that, that we also read. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it was, again, it was an adult Floridian writer who 
for what it's worth, they're kind of more geared towards men, these writers. Like Carl Heisen's a little more geared toward men. There was another writer very similar to this, and his also was in Florida with a bunch of kids that kind of came across people that were doing, you know, stripping the land and doing things like that. It's a great topic, and it's super interesting, especially if you're like us, and you don't live in Florida, and you don't spend time in Florida, and you're not really connected to that. Florida is a far off, scary place that everyone leaves Massachusetts to go to eventually. That's what I know about Florida. <laughs> eventually, everyone leaves Massachusetts and they move to Florida and they buy a house there because somehow when you leave Massachusetts, our price of housing is so exorbitant that you are very, very rich when you sell your house and you go buy one in Florida. It's like California. So that's why everyone does it. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of Duncan there. I'm sure everywhere you turn, there's a Duncan in Florida. You think and I'm so? Sure there's a, yes, I'm sure. And I know there's a lot of Pats fans. And that's all I know. And that's what I know, except for what I've read from Carl Heisen. Thank you, Carl. Please teach me more. Anyway, so Wreckerwood's going to forget these people and move on with his life, but he keeps seeing them around Key West. They're at the cemetery. They're at the marina. They're at, you know, places that he's sort of frequents. And then one day they're at his own back door. And now they want a little bit more from Wrecker. They don't just want him to keep his mouth shut. They want him to come and help them. Mm. What a tangled web he's in. So I'm so psyched for that one. Um, that one is called Wrecker by Carl Heisen. And that one just came out in late September. So it's fresh off the presses. My next one is if you have a dystopian lover like myself, not my kids, my kids hate dystopian, but I love dystopian. <laughs> um, and you want a little out of the end of the world adventure, like myself, I love that. Um, this one is called Alex Wise versus the End of the World, and it's by Terry J. Benton Walker. This one also is just out, just out in September. And I'm going to read you the actual thing because it's a little bit confusing. So I'm going to read you the blurb that was on the book. Okay. Alex Wise feels like his world is ending. His best friend Lauren is leaving town for the summer his former friend and maybe sort of crush sky hasn't spoken to him since he ditched alex on his first day of sixth grade and now his mom is sending him and his annoying younger sister mags p.s i don't think that anyone named mags short for margaret would be annoying but anyway <laughs> um on a cruise with the dad who abandoned them and as if things couldn't get any worse a creepy shadow monster may or may not Ooh. be stalking him. you know i love the shadow monster shadow beast all of them but none of this could prepare Alex for the actual end of the world, because that's exactly what's coming after the definitely real shadow man kidnaps Mags and is possessed by the ancient spirit of death. Wow. It happens to be my fave, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Whoa. Can I just tell you how much I love the whole concept of the four horsemen of the apocalypse from a writer's standpoint? For a middle grade book? <laughs> For anywhere. I, I'm not looking for them. Like, I'm not trying to get them to show up on my doorstep. But bringing that idea in is Absolutely awesome. Uh, Alex is possessed as well by a powerful God who imbues Alex with their powers in an effort to stop the horseman. Mm. If he can figure out how to use those powers. <laughs> so begins an epic battle between good and evil, Alex, Lorne, and a grumpy demigod, and Alex's fourth grade teacher versus death, pestilence, famine, and war. I mean, Whoa. why wouldn't you buy this book right away? I, I'm reading this. I, I cannot even. Um, the waves of chaos and destruction and all of that comes to L.A. and soon the rest of the globe. So that's just, you know, summer vacation, <laughs> summer vacation. Alex is more used to being left behind than leading the way. But now he's the only one who can save his sister and the world. So I think that book sounds so amazing. Talk about high stakes. So brilliant. Like, I love when, when writers merge these really lofty adult ideas sort of break them down like bringing in the four horsemen of the apocalypse and bringing that into like giving a middle schooler the power to fight the four horsemen of the apocalypse i love that stuff i think that's just that's brilliant writing so that one again is called alex wise versus the end of the world by terry j benton walker 
So that's fabulous. That reminds me of that Fenris oh, and Ma yeah, yeah, yeah. about yeah. the end. Of, that was an end of the world uh, story too with the Fenris, uh, the wolf that eats the world. So that's awesome. That sounds fun. Okay. What else do you have? Yeah, that's, that's super fun. And I'm really excited for that one. All right. I love a graphic novel and I found this one. I don't know why everything I found, not even like from the same resource at all, everything came out in September. September was a really hot month for a lot of books to come out. So this one is a graphic novel. It's called Enlighten Me by Min Lee is the author. And then Chan Chow is the um, illustrator. So that's a graphic novel. It came out in hardcover in September of this year. Um, It is about Bin, who is a Vietnamese kid who fights up against a bully who is making fun of him for being Vietnamese. And Vietnamese culture. So he expects, he's like, Vince, like, oh, everybody's going to be like, cool, you you set up for yourself. Good on you. But in fact, he gets in trouble. Uh-huh. He gets, he's the one who gets in trouble. And he, the principal, he's in trouble with the principal. He's in trouble with his parents. So his parents decide that the best thing that they can do to sort of get him back on his path is to take him to a silent meditation retreat. I love this so much. <laughs> I love this because of some of the stories. I think like I get so many great stories from my students about their crazy Chinese parents making them do things like this. And the kids, the way the kids tell the stories about their quote unquote crazy Chinese parents crack me up. So I have a feeling that this is exactly one of those. Um, my kids do the same thing with like, here's the crazy story of my immigrant dad. These stories are so fun. And this is exactly where this one's going. So anyway, as he's sort of sitting there, he's reading and he's learning about the Buddhist. And all of a sudden, he just decides to put himself into that world and his imagination. And he's going to um, take this fantastical dive into this imagination and see himself and all of the stories from the Buddhist teachings. So how fun. So many reasons that this is cool. Number one, it's a graphic novel. Number two, it's that we're talking about Vietnamese culture, which is also a hot ticket now. But again, we were talking about there's a lot of um, Asian Pacific Islander main characters right right now out there. This one also touches on Buddhism and we don't see that often. And we don't see like sort of the the stories of Buddha. We see a lot of like, we're talking about Islam and what are the tenets of Islam and characters that are sort of trying to merge their Islamic world with the Western world or Christianity or uh, Judaism. But this is one that we don't touch on very often. So I think it's a really cool one. Um, And that one is called Enlighten Me, again, a cool one, by Min Li and Chan Chao, uh, is Chan Chu, excuse me. All right, if you're a classics nerd, and you are. Um, <laughs> this is this is called The Labors of Hercules Beale. The Labors of Hercules Beale by Gary Schmidt. We, we love Gary, Gary Schmidt, Schmidt of course. Yeah. He's, so this is his newest one. It came out in May of last year, or of this year, excuse me. So Herc Beale is his name. Herc is named after a mythical hero, but he doesn't really live up to his names because he's the little guy. He's the class runt. And whenever he does anything, it's kind of like not quite up to par. But he gets assigned the task of duplicating Hercules's 12 feats in real life for a class project. And he knows the odds are not in his favor for success, especially since he can't find a Hydra or a Nemean lion on Cape Cod. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. I'm not so sure that there's not Hydras, though. I'm just saying uh, maybe around Dennis. Anyway, um, Herc figures out how to take the first steps along the road that Her- Hercules did. But Hercules had to do it alone. But Herc figures out that maybe it's a little bit better if he allows some humans, some animals, and even some new friends to help him on his journey. So uh, it's kind of a coming of age, sort of coming into your own story. And, you know, Gary Schmidt does this very yes, well. He does. So that's called uh, The Labors of Hercules Beale. And that is by Gary D. Schmidt. <laughs> and then I have two more. And this one I want to send you because this one 
again, I have to just read you the thing because I couldn't quite break it down into something. Okay. This is for your kids that love a good spook. All right. This one is a new one as well. This is the blurb that came with the book. Paranormal enthusiast Rebecca Graff isn't happy about being dragged to Iowa (laughs) to spend her summer with family she barely knows. It's like my kids wrote this. It's like my kids wrote this. Okay. But when she tracks a ghostly presence in an abandoned (gasps) farmhouse, she starts to think the summer won't be a total loss. Oh my gosh. I love it. What a brilliant setting because we all know those, you know, like any of it, if you've ever lived there, you know what those abandoned creepy farmhouses look like. Oh my gosh. In high school. We used to do that for fun. Go find the abandoned houses. Right. But the trouble is no one believes Rebecca. And then she finds a note stashed in a comic book that belonged to her dead father. And the note that proves that the same spirit haunted (gasps) him. Whoa. So suddenly she feels not only connected to this being, but she feels connected to her dad. And she um, has been missing him. So she's determined to uncover the story behind the haunting. But. The more she discovers, the scarier things become and the scarier the ghost becomes. And soon she's in a race to piece together the puzzle and recover the family legacy before a horrible tragedy repeats itself. Does that not sound fabulous? It sounds wonderful. And of course, it's called Field of Screams. Get it? I love it. Field of Screams. (laughs) I love it. By Wendy Paris. Wendy, I'm reading this book and I have a big feeling you're coming to the Franzia list. I I might add that to my holiday list for me. (laughs) It sounds so good, right? Because sometimes moms buy their own gifts, let's face it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you know darn good and well that your kid's not going to read it. and But you're like, well, I can't just sit there. I guess that's for me. Although I have to say, Uncle Johnny, as we know, he's been on the show before. Uncle Johnny, who's the godfather to my sons, he now hides 20s in the books that he buys the boys. And it has done miracles for the little one. The older one just figured it out and sort of skims through the book. And finds the money. (laughs) The little one told the older one and then he skimmed through the book. But the little one was, my younger son was like, his mind was blown. He's like, oh my God, halfway through Dog Man, I found $20. (laughs) And then I read more and I found 20 more. And I was like, well done, Uncle Johnny. Well done. (laughs) All right. The last one I had was kind of, it's just kind of an interesting book that I wanted to add to the list because I think there's sort of those thinkers among us, those sort of introverted kids. So this one is called Rare Birds by Jeff Miller. And again, we're going to Florida. I feel like one of the golden girls would sit out on the lanai and talk about our Florida books. So Graham Dodd is 12 and he's accustomed to waiting. He's accustomed to waiting in hospital rooms. He's spent most of his life in them. Um, He's accustomed to waiting for the doctor to explain to him what they think is wrong with his mom. He's accustomed to waiting to find out where they're going to move next. And most of all, he's really used to waiting for a heart transplant for his mom and hoping that the heart transplant will finally save his mom's life. But Graham is waiting in Florida for the summer because his mom needs a little break just to kind of give everybody a little bit of breathing room. And he meets a girl in the hospital and he finds out this is a girl who needs a friend and as distraction as much as he does. Aww. Doesn't this remind you of our book? The two kids that meet in the hospital waiting room? Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Oh, yes. Tomorrow and tomorrow Immediately, tomorrow. I thought out of, of the grown-up one. book. Yes, it does sound like that. So as they're hanging out, the girl eventually tells Graham about a contest to find the endangered snail kite, which is unfortunately only found in the Gatorfield swamps nearby in that same neighborhood. Because they're looking for adventure, these two set off in search of this rare bird and maybe a little something more. So I just felt like that was a sweet book. Yeah. It's not like there's no horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> there's no ghosts that are going to kill you that also probably killed your dead father. It's just sort of like a sweet book. So I thought I should add one of those in. And that's called Rare Birds by Jeff Miller. Just a, like It just looks like a sweet, nice book. That's mine. Great. 
All right, Karen, give us your list. (laughs) All right, here we go. I have three middle grade books for you guys and three picture books because, you know, I got it. The preschool teacher may has to share some picture books. First, I'll start with my middle grade, though. So this one's kind of for animal lovers. You mentioned it already. Um, It's from Catherine Applegate, which really any of her books would make great gifts. She always writes shorter books that are just so fairy tale like in quality. I think I read Willow Dean for the podcast and maybe even Otter. I can't remember. You did. Yeah. And both of those were amazing. This one's a little bit different from those, but also fantastic, especially for like lower middle grade or reluctant readers because there's lots of pictures and white space in the book. And the book is called Dogtown by Catherine Applegate, which you mentioned, Margie, that one of your kiddos read. Okay. This is sort of confession time for me, but I bought this book as a birthday gift for a kiddo and I had it like a couple weeks before I was going to give it to him and I kept looking at it like oh, I think I could read that really quick I, mean, I think that that's important <laughs> that was your adult reading. You, but you know how you like to give someone a, a fresh book you know no marred pages that he crack didn't I know he didn't notice. <laughs> so I was like finally I caved and I was like I'll just read the first page and then of course I had it finished by the end of the night It is so, so good. It's about a dog pound that has real dogs and robot dogs living together waiting to be adopted. The main character is a three-legged dog who's been there forever and he knows he'll probably never be adopted. And all the employees love him. So he basically has the run of the whole place. He doesn't have to stay caged up. It's just an adorable story about friendship and hope and found family I really feel like, you know, for those of you who are already tired of dark days and cold mornings, I'm talking to you, Margie. Oh, oh my God. It's already started. (laughs) I'm done. I'm so done. I'm already breaking up my happy light. (laughs) It's just like a happy story, but also it has like so many great themes in it and it's a pretty easy read. Oh, it's so good. It is so, so good. That's super important to know when you're looking for a book. If you have a kid that's like mine that has dyslexia or it has a difficulty reading or tracking issues or anything like that, books like this that have a lot of white space, larger print, they're huge for kids like that. They're huge. It's the difference between me him opening the book and actually reading it or him putting it on the shelf for a really long time because they don't want to admit that it's easier to read it that way or that it's more enticing because it seems a little bit shorter. They will read it. They will read it as opposed to one that's not. And I'll say the boy that I gave this to for his birthday, the first thing he did was opened it up and looked at the page and was like, oh yeah, I I could read that. I can read this. Yes, that's what mine says too. You know, he's a very capable reader, but I just think they feel overwhelmed. And when they're having so much to read at school and work, homework, something like that just seems refreshing to them, I think. Also, Catherine Applegate, I mean, come on, you can't go wrong with her stories. They're just beautiful, beautiful stories. Willow Dean and Otter sort of have maybe more of a fairy tale quality. This one, even though it, it was similar to that, it just, I don't know, it just felt fun and interesting. And the setting was so fascinating with the robots. Like, why are there robot dogs? It just kind of draws you in right away and makes you want to know more about what's going on at this place. And I love anything that's kind of found family. I really do. I just, that's one of my favorite things. So again, we just need happy books. We do. <laughs> or scary ones or dystopian. Because we're right there on the verge of that anyway. So we might as well get ready. <laughs> At least that way we'll know when it's time. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So my next recommendation is for science loving kiddos, but also it's nonfiction. My son loved nonfiction when he was young. My older one yeah, too. Yeah. I have to include some nonfiction recommendations for holidays. Um, One that really caught my eye is Wow in the World series by Guy Raz and Mindy Thomas. Um, They have a very popular science podcast for kids called yeah. Wow in the World. 
And now they have this book series that includes Wow in the Wild, which is about animals, Wow in Space, which is a newer one, The How and Wow of the Human Body. And then they have these two other books that are sort of collections of science facts called What in the Wow and What in the Wow 2. And many of those just came out this year. They kind of remind me like Nat Geo has a lot of those books where it's just like these sort of sciencey mm-hmm. facts, short little, you know, stories. And um, they're brightly colored. The art looks so fun. They really actually look like little holiday presents already just because they're like super bright colors and just really inviting. So I thought the Why in the World series just would be a fun nonfiction gift for those kind of kiddos. And Guy Raz and Mindy Thomas, they're Science Friday yes. from NPR. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, they're very legit. Very yeah. legit. I love it. Yes, I know. So these are really fantastic. My family, my husband is a nerd. I am a nerd. Our kids are nerd by nature, genetically nerdy, <laughs> not quite as nerdy as their parents, but they'll get there in, with age. <laughs> we all love to listen to Science Friday. Mm-hmm. Like if it comes on, on NPR, we'll listen because, okay, first of all, I had to call this week. It was this whole great thing about cyan algae. Back when my husband was doing his master's degree, I helped him write a paper on this. So like I was dying. I called him like, oh my God, turn it on. Guy Ross is talking about this. <laughs> so those are some legit scientists there. Those are some legit people, science writers. Um, that's a fantastic book. I'm so glad you said that because yeah, I'm, your I'm, boys I'm would love these. My husband would love these. Oh my God. Yeah. That's one of those where you can just like read parts of it to each other, like yeah. during the holiday break. You know, how fun is that? Okay, so my next book would really, I think, speak to sort of aspiring playwrights or aspiring writers, but even, but really, it's kind of like for the whole family. And like we've said a lot of times in the past, we try to avoid authors and books that are everywhere and everybody knows about them and they're highly recommended in all kinds of places. But I couldn't help myself with this one. So please forgive me. Well, you also fangirl her too. Yes. I'm going to recommend The Puppets of Spell Horse by Kate. De Camillo. I haven't even heard of this. I think it just came out. It's basically, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a short story within a play, within a story, within a play. I don't know. There's so many layers. It's crazy. It's very Shakespearean. I know it is very. Everyone always says like Kate DeCamillo is like has a great eye for detail and talent for observation and all these things. But uh, and this book, of course, is another example of that. But it also just draws you in like a story being told around the campfire or bed, great bedtime story. It just like makes you want to get under the quilts and settle in for this story. It's so cool. The Puppets of Spell Horse is about a boy and a girl and a king and a wolf and an owl. And they're all puppets who are waiting for a story to start. Oh, I mean, this is how it starts. And you're just like, oh. And another cool thing, especially for teachers, it's laid out in three acts. And so it would be kind of fun to read when you're teaching about like three act plays and things like that. And plus, there's also a play in the story that is in three acts. So there's a lot to work with with this book for as far as teaching goes. Um, But I also think for the holidays and for many people who are about to be stuck indoors for a while, that this book would spark the imagination of any child to like create plays or stories to act out for their family, you know? I just think it it would be so inspirational. It's also kind of that type of story I've been obsessed with lately. This kind of goes back with to Catherine Applegate too. She does this. 
it feels like otherworldly. It takes you out of time and place and transports you into this story with like human frailties and wonder and hope and just this very fairy tale quality about it. Mm-hmm. It was just so interesting. So the story is about the puppet's journey to find their sort of purpose and also the human interest stories of the people that interact with them along the way. It's just fascinating, really fascinating story. And it also has a lot of information kind of about what stories are and how stories are told. Towards the end, a a young girl writes a play for the puppets and it's just beautiful. It's just Katie Camilla. It is Katie Camilla. I mean, I don't literally just everything pulling at your heartstrings. True Katie Camilla. I will just say as kind of a tiny side note, there is a death towards the beginning of the story and it sort of startled me a little bit at first um oh really yeah i mean it wasn't like um i don't it wasn't sad and the story moves on quickly from it so there's no like lingering on it but it just sort of shocked me a little bit because it was just kind of stated and it was a little bit jarring i just think like if you just recently had a death in the family it might be a little bit like heads up on that yeah one. heads up on that one but you know it doesn't interfere with the overall story or take away from it or in any way. And it actually has sort of an interesting tie back towards the end, which is really kind of fabulous. So, uh, but I just want to give you a heads up because I was like, oh, that just was a little jarring. But, um, but it was, you know, it all kind of had to happen to push the story forward. So it makes sense as far as the plot and also just the story of these puppets. Anyway, so that was The Puppets of Spell Horse by Kate to Camillo. Highly recommend that as like a family story time would be great. Okay, now I'm moving into picture books. Sorry, because, you know, I got to share the picture books. I've got three of those for you as well. So this one is sort of for future architects or any kiddos who love to look at something and think, what could I do with that? I have to say, I wasn't really on my picture book game as much as I usually am this year, but there were just like a few standouts. One of the ones that was like a big hit at the preschool is Grace and Box by Kim Howard. And she's an Indiana author. It was illustrated by by Megan Lothar. And this, of course, is a book about what to do with a box. <laughs> I love those. I love those. I feel like after COVID, there were like this sort of avalanche of books about what to do with a box. Right. It was so cute. And I know even like Jane Yolen, very famous author, has one called What to Do with a Box. But kiddos really loved Grace and Box. Brightly illustrated story. With a sweet girl and her dog who through each day of the week, so that's the, the structure of the story is each day of the week, they come up with a new thing to do with their box, the, a new creative way to have an adventure, explore with the box until it starts falling apart. And then they nurse it back to health with some duct tape. <laughs> it's just such a cute, fun story that would be great for sparking imagination, especially during the holidays, because let's face it, sometimes the box is just as much fun as the gift. <laughs> and that happens a lot, especially at preschool level. That was Grace and Box by Kim Howard. Do you like bring in boxes and do stuff? Oh, yeah, we do that at preschool all the time. Yes. 
we had like this huge refrigerator box that lasted for quite a while. And in like January, especially, we get that out and put it, just put it in the room. We just put a big old box in there and just leave it. God bless you for being a a preschool teacher. (laughs) My son said to me yesterday, we were somewhere, my younger one, he's like, you don't like little kids, do you? I'm like, I don't. I like you guys much better now. He's like, I can go. (laughs) Well, middle grade is where your heart is for sure. I know. Although I'm doing pretty well with the high school. I like him. The next picture book came out in 2018, but it's new to me. Someone recommended it and I loved it. So I thought I'd share it here. It's called The Golden Globe by Benjamin Flow. I thought his last name was Flow. I was like, that'd be really cool. <laughs> the Golden Globe by Benjamin Flow. <laughs> um, I love books about nature, especially ones that remind kiddos to look with their eyes. I say that at the preschool all the time. I mean, it's really wonderful when we can touch and smile and take stuff apart, but sometimes nature is best to leave things alone. So I enjoy, you know, opportunities to teach that. And this book definitely does that. It's a beautiful book about a fox who is in, off to, in search of elusive golden glow plant. And he walks through forests and up a mountain and shares great nature facts along the way about trees and flowers and habitats and mountains. And it has a spectacular reward at the end. So that's called The Golden Glow by Benjamin Flow. And then for more like social emotional development, which is what we really focus on a lot at preschool age, one of my favorite new picture books is called Hot Dog by Doug Salati. And it won the 2023 Coldicott Medal and it received an Ezra Jack Keats Award. I mean, this is like huge, right? It's an adorable story about a dog and his person who are stuck in the busy, crowded city on a hot summer day and decide to hop on the train and go to the beach. And it's just a a lovely story um, that's also a reminder that sometimes when we're overwhelmed, it's important to just take a minute and find your happy place, take some time for calmness. And I think kids will totally relate to the hot dog in the story. And it's just great for grownups and kids alike. And that was Hot Dog by Doug Salati. That's cute. Those were my six picks. Um, before we wrap up, Margie, have you heard of bookopolis.com by any chance? No, what is that? Okay, I came across it recently. It's a community of young readers where kids write the reviews and recommend books. Kind of like Goodreads for kids? Yes. Oh, wow. And it is so fun to go through and read what kids have to say about books and teachers also add to it a lot. Um, So anyway, if you're looking for other book recommendations, you might want to check out bookopolis.com because, I mean, kids are literally recommending the books there, which is amazing. That's a really great assignment I could give to. You have to write one review. for. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, right? Wouldn't that be great for teachers to assign that? Because that's a great writing opportunity too. All right. So that wraps up part one of the Tulip Mama's Holiday Gift Guide. My six gift recs are Dog Tom by Catherine Applegate, Wow in the Wow series by Guy Raz and Minnie Thomas, The Puppets of Spell Horse by Kate DiCamillo, and Picture Books Grace and Box by Kim Howard, The Golden Glow by Benjamin Flow, and Hot Dog by Doug Salati. Margie, what about you? So we talked about the City Spies series by James Ponty. We both recommended that. We both also recommended the Show Me a Sign series by Anne-Claire Lazat. And you talked about B.B. Alston's um, Amari and the Night Brothers series. Don't forget those. I mentioned Carl Heisen's book, New Book Wrecker. I talked about Alex Wise versus the End of the World by Terry J. Benton Walker. The graphic novel, Enlighten Me by Ming Li and Chan Chao. Number four were The Labors of Hercules Beale by Gary Schmidt. Number five, 
Field of Screams by Wendy <laughs> Paris. Can't even wait. And my last book was Rare Birds by Jeff Miller. So, and if you missed any of those recommendations, just check the show notes. We'll list every book there with links. So, Margie, what's up for our next episode? Okay, so next one, I've already started working on it. Yay. I've already started working on it. So next week, um, I don't do young adult, but I have done young adult this year. Remember the fat girl at the zombie? Yes. Yeah. That one got me hooked into the, the world of young adult. So we're going to do a young adult and grown-up picks because I don't know about you, but I love to get books for Christmas and I love to give books for Christmas to my adult friends. So we're going to talk about grown-up books. As you see, we do not call them adult books because that seems really gross. Yeah, we've read some great grown-up books this year too. So I can't wait to talk we about have. that. And you and I are both massive readers on our in our real life. So we have a lot to add for that. So exciting. Stay tuned for that one. That one's coming soon. If you like what you've heard on the Tulip Mamas podcast, leave us a review and share us so more teachers and parents can find us. Margie and I are seriously wanting everyone to get books uh, and get books during yes. the holidays this year. By New Year's Eve, everyone should have a book in hand, comfy socks on their feet, maybe a little hot chocolate steaming on a table next to you so you can get your huga on, right? Yes, but my hot chocolate's going to have whiskey in it, but go on. Oh, yes, of course. Ooh, peppermint schnapps. That's a good way to make it. Too. So <laughs> help us make that happen by sharing the Tulip Mamas podcast with your friends or write a review. We'll love you forever. And if you don't, we won't love you. We won't make sure you get holiday gifts. We <laughs> will make sure that Santa finds out. We will make sure that there is coal in your stockings. And when I make my mulled boxed wine, I am not sharing it with you. So there Ooh, you that go. sounds like punishment for sure. I know, right? If you want to join us twice a month for kidlet discussions, please subscribe to the Two Lit Mamas podcast through any of the places you get your podcasts. And if you want to find out what's happening in our world, see pictures of my kids playing soccer, pictures of my dog, or any of those <laughs> things, uh, you can find us on Instagram at TWO Two Lit Mamas, on Facebook, and on our website, www.twolitmamas.com. I hope you enjoyed all of our recommendations and the way that we love to share our opinions. Start shopping, folks. Happy shopping. <laughs> Bye. Bye.